We hope you enjoy this podcast. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today. Cause the words of, of, of your heart to come out of me. And I ask God that I just want to share exactly what's been going on in my life, God. And I hope that you will cause in this day every person who hears it to take hold of it with a firm hand. To say yes and amen. I want to understand transformation glory. I want to understand this glory presence of God that comes in. And that we can soak and be transformed in it. And I just give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. So this is a two-part series that I have to have two parts because there's no way I could get it all in one. And you may have heard of the soaking prayer. But there's more than just soaking and prayer. I want to go in depth of what's been going on in my life, and especially the first 10 months of this revival, of pre-revival, and the first 10 months I'm talking about uh, of all this. It's what I went through Every week. And I tell you what, I'm never going to be the same. Hallelujah. If I don't have multiple hours a day with the Lord, I don't feel right. Hallelujah. We need to get to the place to where we're not satisfied with just a few minutes. That we have to be with the Lord for hours and we just want to soak in His presence. There's times that I, I just get into the, the, the presence of the Lord. I have to prepare sermons and all this stuff has to be done and I just go in there and all I do is worship and get into the presence of God I go after the presence and that's what I have to have first if I don't have the presence I'm not going to prepare a sermon I never had the presence preaching let alone having presence just getting ready for a service but I tell you what once you get it you don't want anything else when you're feeling the presence if you're typing that sermon out there is no greater feeling. It is the best thing that I've ever felt in my life. In this part, we're going to look at something called meditation. It's become a bad word in the church. But it's a biblical truth that we're going to do. That I do, and that we're going to learn about doing. Because there is a place that we're to meditate on the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, there's a lot of perverse things out there where meditation is concerned, and it's demonic. But when we're meditating on the Lord, it's not demonic. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that the enemy is always twisting things and causing it to be perverted. But we got to take the truth and not let the demonic things scare us from doing something that lines up with this. Hallelujah. And I'm going to explain how I came into the experience of soaking. And before we was even launched into this revival, that soaking presence that I just began to find, I didn't even know what glory was. How many of you have been in the church for years, didn't even know what glory really was about? The glory of the Lord I'm talking about. I didn't even have an idea really what it was, and here I'm, I, I was going after it. Because I was going after God, the very source of the glory. Hallelujah. And we will... I'll learn how hunger is rewarded by an awareness of God's very presence. Hunger 
is what is rewarded by His presence. And by an experience of Him that results in the everyday practice of the presence of God. Everyday presence. Some of us, we really don't understand. Sin separates us from God. Hang around those that don't go after the heart of God with the same fire that you do. That brings separation many times. Hallelujah. Getting caught up and being deceitful and doing things that are just not right in the sight of God. Backbiting and turning people against others and trying to tear down somebody else's reputation. Things like this just begin to do these things and pull us away from the very heart of God. And we wonder why we can't feel a presence. Now, just because we don't feel a presence doesn't mean we're being affected by something. Some people just seem to be more sensitive than others. But I tell you what, some of your ships are about to come in. And through this teaching, if you take hold of it with a firm hand and really believe for God to come into your life and to show you what soaking's all about, because I can teach you all that I know, but at the same time, God needs to teach you. And by experience... And our religious traditional mindsets has to be broken. God have your way, and he really has to have his way. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be nice for us all to go in the prayer closet one day and find out five hours went by? It's a good feeling. Hallelujah. So let's get into this. I believe that this year will be an incredible season to come up higher and go deeper into our relationship with God. It's time for us to be so close to God that when people see us in the marketplace, and the jobs, wherever we go, they're going to see God. His heart so desires us, His glorious church, to be a, in a place of intimacy with Him and to walk in holiness. God desires us to be a church without spot or without wrinkle. And that's what he's creating in us right now. Hallelujah. If you learn to take hold of what I'm going to talk about tonight, you're going to find that this is going to radically change even the way that you see God. It's time to come into an embrace of God. Pressing into his heart of love and allowing him to bring conviction of sin so that we can be cleansed and forgiven. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but just even understanding that he forgives my sin and cleanses me from all the things that, 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 that I do myself still is a wow to me. But that's not the finish of what he is and who he is. We're on the way to becoming that pure, spotless bride that will be a trophy of His grace. God wants to make you a trophy. Could you imagine for a moment being a trophy of God's? This is it right here. I molded and made it. And it turned out to be just like I intended. We're on the way. Praise God. I want to begin this this year that I'm in right now because I'm calling it a new year. I'm not going by January 1st. I'm going by the season that we're stepping into. Hallelujah. I'm talking about this new year coming. 
this new year that we're now over into already. I'm talking about this year that we're coming into by discussing how God birthed this revival in my life because the journey God took me on in this birthing process releases valuable keys that I didn't even realize I had. I didn't realize I had valuable keys. How many have ever had something transform your life so much you look back and you're like, what happened? How did I get here? Praise God. Something happened in my life so radically and I had such change taking my, take place in my life and all of a sudden you're looking back, how did I get here? I had to spend time with the Lord to find out how we got here. How, I, how, how things have gone on and he releases revelation and things are coming out of the word like I've never seen before. This dramatic change. In the midst of opposition, whatever happens, I don't care because this has been life changing for me. So we're going to have some valuable keys about intimacy. And it's going to help us experience the very heart of the Lord. So let's talk about soaking in God's presence. It's one thing to know about God's presence, to feel a little goosebump. But it's another thing to dip. It's another thing to be poured over by God's presence. It's another thing to be dipped and poured and dipped and poured and seasoned and dipped and poured and seasoned some more. Some of you, if you haven't eaten tonight, you're going to be hungry probably by the end of the service because there's no greater revelation that we can understand than the way food is made. I'm talking about the good stuff. Like ribs or something that we have to marinate. Let it soak in, su in a substance. And it turns out to be something very pleasing. I want you to know that something's going on in you right now and you don't even know it. Some of you are in a place right now of transformation. Some of you heard the word boot camp recently and you're wondering, oh my God, I didn't want that. But I want you to know it's a time where God's beating the meat a little bit. He's pouring a little seasoning on it. Sometimes the salt burns the wounds a little bit. But then he pours a little marination over the top. And then he lets it sit. And it goes into the meat. Talking about you. And it causes things in you to come out. It causes flavors of your very emotions, your attitude, your character, everything that is God in you begins to come out and be heightened like never before. And when you come out and you're ready to serve and be served, something's going to be so good in you that you never thought could happen. What our ministry is today and what's going on in my life? I'm talking about my life because this is a revelation I have. can be because of the period of time that I spent soaking in His presence, soaking in the Almighty's presence. 
I mean, just setting time flying by, not even knowing that I'm in His presence. So deep that I can't even move. For six to eight months, it was so intense that there were times that I couldn't even hardly function unless I did it. It got to the point that whenever I walked into my own house, eight o'clock in the morning, I opened the door. The presence was there waiting for me. God was there because he knew I was going to be there. I opened the door and it's like smack right in the face. And in the beginning, I had a war. I had to press in. I had to travail. I had to cry out. I had to read the word. I had to listen to music. I had to go, 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 just to find it. But then after continuing to go in and to go in and to go in and to go in and just keep going after his presence, I just walk in and bam, it's right there. That's what changed in my life. And the enemy's tried and tried to get me away from that. No matter how much he gets me away from because of busyness, because of keep going and keep going, I still am able to press in just a little bit, just to the degree to keep me where I'm at. But I want you to know, God's saying he wants to put me back into that pickling time. Because we're going somewhere. It was a time of incredible visitation. I encountered God in what I call the glory liquid honey. The glory liquid honey cloud of His presence. The best of the best that He has to offer. And it's not because of me, of anything. If we seek Him diligently, He is faithful. You go after God, He gives it to you. And it doesn't matter who you are. I called it soaking. All I was doing was positioning myself from the clamor, from all the things of the day, of everyday life, and just seek God. You say, but brother, I'm busy. We're never too busy for God. If you want to have radical change, now, some of you, you've had experiences. You've had radical presence, manifestations. I thank God for that. But you need to have this that I'm talking about today in addition. Oh, my goodness. I began by praying in hunger, pressing in for the power of God to bring me in revival. Now, I'm not talking about this revival. I'm talking about me personally. I wanted revival. For me. Hallelujah. I wasn't concerned about anybody else. Somebody needs to understand. Revival starts with us. I kept saying, Holy Spirit, please come. You know how many times nothing happened? You know how many times the Holy Spirit didn't say, Okay, Bill, I'm on my way. I had to get him to know me. I could flow in His gifts. But the Holy Spirit didn't know me so much that He would just come because I said, please come. I had to get desperate and say, God, I have to have You. I have to have Your presence. I don't want to do this anymore. I, if I don't have You, I don't want it. 
I'm tired of going with my own flesh. I want your spirit to be so involved in my life. Please come day after day, hour after hour, and just keep going saying, here I am again, Holy Spirit. You didn't come last three days. I'm here again. Please come. I want you to come. I love you, God. I just worship and dance and celebrate with the Lord. And then all of a sudden, one day, one day, the Holy Spirit came in. It was like a breeze in the room. No windows open. Whoa, hallelujah. I was like, oh my goodness. You're here. Where you been? And you know what I felt by the Spirit? That day was a day of a beginning of a beautiful friendship. And when you're a friend with someone, you get their number. And you call and ask them to come. And they come. You call and say, please come. And they are on the road just like that. After that first day, I wasn't satisfied just because he showed up. That's all that happened. I felt a wind. But I knew who, who he was. So the next morning, I walked in that room. I said, Holy Spirit, with more confidence, please come. I need you. And all of a sudden, I just felt like that just heavy, weighty glory coming to the room. The next day, Holy Spirit, please come. He came again. The next day, the next day, the next day. This went on for months of just coming with the Lord, different experiences, different ways, different happenings. And it got to a place to where I, instead of having us go into all the different things, he just came in, in such a way that it's like, I, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Turn to Psalms 103, and I want you to go here. I want you to preach this. Look at verse 15, and it's like I look at it, it just lines up perfectly. It's like, oh, my goodness, isn't that awesome? And it got to be such a celebration. Hallelujah. There'd be times they'd be pulling up outside next door and we have air conditioner in the window and I'd just be hollering out, Glory! And I know they heard me because I, I'd go silent. Hallelujah. I didn't care. I'm having a ball with the Lord. God, you said if I draw near to you, that you would draw near to me. You know how many times I had to tell him that? You said, if I would seek you and search for you with all my heart, I'd find you. God, I'm pressing in violently, aggressively. I don't care if I offend you. I want you. And it got to a place to where I'd be struggling sometimes when the, trying to get a sermon going trying to get things accomplished and all of a sudden there'd be times I'd just say Holy Spirit come now not even please not even nice and he'd show up it got to be a, a, such an intimacy with him that he just showed up because 
of that thing that we had. I'm not letting go. It was a radical pursuit for God's presence, crying out and seeking Him. I'm not letting go till I get the full measure. I don't want just a little breeze. I don't want just a little goosebumps. I don't want just a little hearing and knowing. I want to know everything about you. And I'm not asking him to come just because I have a big list I want him to answer. I asked him to come because I just wanted him. You see, that's where the church gets so messed up. We got a whole list. Well, could you do this and this and this and this and this? Have you ever tried getting the Holy Spirit into your house and just saying, I love you? I cherish you. We've got to be desperate. I was desperate, desperately seeking in search of the Lord and pursuing His glory. Even in the beginning stages of, of what God was doing, God was giving me some revelation and things, and we was having a, some really good teachings, I believe, in the very beginning of the pre-revival time. And God was doing some things, and we was moving somewhere. We didn't know where. But I didn't have what I needed. And I remember all the sermons that I had prepared uh, for the period of time, I was running out. I didn't have anything left. I'd looked in, in here and looked in all my Holy Spirit pockets, so to speak, and I couldn't find none. Had no more titles of anything, no more revelation that I could find. Nothing was there. And that's when I said, Holy Spirit, come, and I begin to go after Him because I had to have Him. There was nothing left. The preacher of Bill Vincent was going to die that day. As soon as I had like three titles left and I was done, there was nothing left. I tried. I mean, I could have whipped up a, a faith sermon or something weak, something just transparent, something with no massive revelation of any kind, just something to pull out of here real quick because I've read the Word, I know the Word, but I didn't want that. I had to have something fresh, something meat, something that was just alive. And that's whenever I found the Holy Spirit and it came by soaking in His presence. Then one day he said, grab a pen and a paper. After I said, Holy Spirit, come. He shows up. I, oh, I love you. He says, grab a pen and a paper. I go, okay. He says, I want you to write these down. Gave me like 20 sermons. The next day he gives me like 30. The next day he gives me like another 50 or so. And the next day 100. I had ended up getting over 200 titles that I've been preaching in this revival. He gave me the titles. And when I go to study for those titles, he just gave me the title. All I do is I go and I just open up his word, get on the computer, and I just say, Holy Spirit, come. And all of a sudden, the presence comes. And he begins to tell me illustrations. Tells me things. There's times that God can whip up a sermon by the Spirit of God within just a few minutes. Now there is times that it takes hours. But it doesn't matter how long it takes. As long as it's coming fresh from the Holy Spirit, I don't care what's going on in me. I just want Him to do it. If I don't have Him, I'm not doing no more. I won't preach. I'm not going to preach anymore. It's Him now. Hallelujah. Praise God. If He ain't showing up, we're done. 
Hallelujah. It's the way we have to be. We got to get desperate. We got to get away from this uh, comfortable one night a week type of thing. One day a week thing. Hallelujah. We've gotten so beat down sometimes we're like, maybe we should just go back to Sunday morning. And some of the congregation says, I can't be just a Sunday church person. Hallelujah. What are we going to do on Friday and Saturday night? You know what it takes to sacrifice every Friday and Saturday night for almost a year or mostly almost a year? Guaranteed every Saturday night over a year. That is going to be, that's just mind-blowing. Hallelujah. Let alone another July 4th. I was thinking we'd have about 10. We don't have the crowd that I want, but praise God to those that are here. July 4th. Hallelujah. Guess what? Fireworks. Watch them on TV. Probably go on the internet nowadays. Hallelujah. Let's go on. It was a time of holy hunger, a time of extreme anxiety. I was a holy, desperate man. Because it was holy desperation. It was holy desperation for him as a person. And I was determined to be deeper in his glory than I've ever been in my life. Didn't even know what it was, and I wanted to do it deeper. How many have ever wanted something you didn't even know what it was? Hallelujah. I want to go deeper, God. I don't know what I'm going deeper in, but God, I sure want to go. I'll do it no matter what the cost. I want your glory. Don't even know what it is, but I want it. Moses seemed to think it was great. I don't really understand the whole thing yet, but I'll figure it out. Why? Because you're here. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden, I mean, he's beginning to download so many things, and I'm not saying these things just to puff myself up in any way. What I'm trying to say is God getting ready to give you revelation, getting ready to give you the favor, getting ready to open up the windows of heaven for you, because if you go through this, you're going to find the heart of God, and when you call on his name, I don't care where you are, he's going to show up. Every time. I wanted to experience his presence in a way that I never had before. I purposed in my heart to have an encounter with him unlike any other. I wanted to have an encounter with my God. It's one thing to have your helmet of salvation on. It's another to have an encounter with the very one that saved you. There is nothing better. I did everything that I could. I prayed in tongues for hours. There's times I just, you know, time go by. Look at the clock. Time to go get Donna. All right, hallelujah. Nothing happened. Never felt anything. Dead. Does that mean the tongues was dead? No, I'm just saying, what I was looking for, it wasn't it. There is power in praying in tongues. There is great power, and I still do it a lot. But I mean, I prayed. I didn't just pray, I prayed. With praise, I worshiped, and intercession, supplication. I would make my request known to God. Everything, whatever, God, whatever you want. Pick a pocket. I don't care. Take it all. 
I want you. What will it take? Hallelujah. And then I decided to pray for an hour. I would pray for an hour. And I was loud about it. Just steady. One hour. God, I love you. I just think you're great. I just want you to come into my life in a great, mighty way. And, and there'd be times I'd be repeating myself because I didn't know what to say. And I had an hour. I looked at that clock every 30 seconds. Am I there yet? Some of you have done the same thing and you know it. <laughs> Thinking, man, we're going to find God. I'm going to do it 60 minutes. But I guarantee you it won't be 60 minutes in one second. Hallelujah. I, used to, I was timing it out perfect. And this didn't happen one day, two days. This happened a lot. And nothing. <laughs> I was pressing in for one, and I wanted breakthrough. I wanted God. I knew how to sense His presence. But I was never satisfied with where I had been. See, that's the problem with a lot of the church. We get satisfied. Sunday, Wednesday night Bible study. Mm. God spoke to us seven nights a week. Seven days a week, three times a day. It's going to happen in the days ahead. Do you think we're tired now? I'm sure God will bring us rest. I wasn't content with what I'd seen. I said, Lord, I want more. And I pressed in. And I was almost in a place of striving. <laughs> For me, it became a model of prayer. Exactly. I had previously <laughs> learned how to pray in a way that I took myself out of the presence of the Lord. I prayed myself out of the presence of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I was in the presence just a little bit, and I would pray myself fleshly so much, the presence left. Could you imagine talking to the Holy Spirit, talking to God with everything you have, talking to Jesus with everything you have, and all of a sudden he leaves. <laughs> Praise God. I prayed myself out of the presence. I'm trying to go deeper, and he leaves. Boy, I was frustrated. How many have ever been in a marriage to where you didn't talk to the person much the next day because you were offended? You know, the next day after he left, just because I'm pressing in for him in the wrong way, I didn't talk to him the next day. I walked in at 8 o'clock. I said, nope, not today. <laughs> I'm just being real. You people need to hear real. And that's exactly what I heard him do. He laughed. And you know, I couldn't f function with anything. I was watching the Weather Channel. It's disgusting. I was just, I was trying to, do, I was so frustrated. So I'm like, I'm pressing into you and you leave. 
I don't understand. I still don't understand that, but that's okay. Thank God that he didn't leave me for good just because I was being a jerk one day. But he laughs. He could have slapped me down right then and there, but instead he laughs. You may ask how that is possible to pray yourself out. The answer is I developed a routine. A schedule of what I call prayer. Oh, Jesus. I hope I'm hitting some nerves tonight. Some of us were like, I don't feel nothing. Well, yeah, we get religious. Guess what? The feelings go away. Hallelujah. I tell you what. We got to understand something. I had become comfortable in the way that I approached his presence. And I had developed a process of spending time with God. I put my time in. I clocked in on a clock. I clocked out. And I expected to be paid with his presence for my time with the Lord. And that's what the church does. We do that. I was dis so disciplined about it, too. <laughs> That's what's funny. I, I spent a fixed period of time every day reading from my even devotional Bible. I would look at all the different things and Revelation and the Greek, the Hebrew. Oh, yeah, eat it up. Loving it. And I had become uh, uh, just so rigid about the whole thing. Fifteen minutes in tongues. Fifteen minutes of praise. Worship for 15 minutes. Just go for it. And 15 minutes of waiting for it to end. That's really what it was. I'm just being honest, folks. you got to have this. You have to have this to understand where we're heading. Thank God sometimes change is good. Not always, but sometimes. All right. It had become a the duty of prayer... And it always was the same. Even when I wasn't watching the clock, I would catch myself changing the order, looking up at the clock. I was right on time. It's like I picked the song line up for my worship time with the Lord, and it lined up with 15 minutes every time. The enemy probably was happy I was doing it. Why? Because God didn't show up. The fire was gone. The passion was gone. The newness was gone. The adventure was gone. The excitement was gone. I lost everything I had. That was my condition as I cried out. Holy desperation. Hunger for God. I learned to soak. I learned to go after Him for Him. I learned to just go after him and learn to soak. And I had to be desperate. I had to cry out and not take no for an answer. I found the soaking when I had this God-given opportunity for pressing in. I reminded myself of God's promise. If I would draw near to him, 
he would draw near to me. Now understand, in my regiment, or regiment, when I went after him, it looked like I was going after him in the flesh, but not in the heart. I was putting my time in. In desperation, I yelled, God, rend the heavens and come down. Totally upset with God. Demanding him to come right now. I said that probably ten times. And he showed up. Heavy. More than he ever had before. It scared me. The fear of God was in me so much that day when he showed up. All the weighty glory probably that we felt in this room together couldn't measure to that one day what I felt in our bedroom at home. And I was terrified that he was coming to take me out. My heartbeat was beating fast because I was screaming at him in anger. Where are you? I am serving you and you've got to get here. Come now. And you know what he did? He said, that's what I've been waiting for. You willing to sacrifice everything, even me, to be with me. And he showed up that day. And my life's never been the same since. Because he says, now that I'm here, put on a little music and just lie back. And I just lay in the bed, just soaking, not praying, not speaking in tongues, not doing anything of my own flesh, just letting that presence come on me. The next day, I'd walk in, boom, the presence would just fall. There's times I would pray, but there's times I wouldn't. There was times I'd speak the prophetic word, just prophesying to myself type of thing. There'd be times that the Spirit of God would come, and I'd just start releasing sermons like no tomorrow. Whatever God wanted to do is like, boom. It would just happen spontaneous every day. He came to show me that soaking is mainly quietness, listening, and waiting. I didn't give him chance to talk. I'm asking for him to come and speak to me, and I'm here giving him everything I got. He didn't have a chance to do anything. So I want to spend some time talking about that quietness, listening, and waiting. Because those are the three most important things combined together. I want to talk about that. I found in my walk with the Lord that there was more power and revelation in the quiet place. Hallelujah. Than anything else I had done in prayer, it was that quiet time with the Lord that I had more intense time with Him. He would speak to me, and I'd be shocked. I'd be like, what? That, that was the time that he even released something. He released something to me about that, uh, uh, even in uh, Genesis, and, 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 and talking about that Satan beguiled me, and he just released something. that I was to look that up, and it was like, what? I know what that means. And I began to look at that and find out that there was a whole big revelation behind that that had to do with finances. 
And it's called debt with interest. See, we're not to be in debt. Just as Satan beguiled, ended up, uh, Eve had to pay a debt that she couldn't pay. But we got, ain't got time for that kind of thing right now. But understand that that quiet place, it was just like God would just speak and speak and speak. And I couldn't even consume it all. I tried to write it down, record it on tape and just get it all because I, I was, didn't want to miss anything. I was so caught up in this presence, I just, I was like, I can't contain all this. Slow down. He says, just take it all. Soak it up. It's in there. I couldn't comprehend that. You put something on your hard drive on your computer, it's on there. I understand that. You, do you save somebody's phone number on your phone? I understand that. But to soak in his presence and he gives you all this revelation that's beyond your own understanding. I didn't understand that. How am I going to keep that? He says, I'm the keeper. And I'd find myself preaching the word of God and boom, it would just come out of me. The very thing that he spoke to me that I thought I could never remember. Why? Because it's him. It's not me. It's not you. It's him. Your worship, your intercession, your going after Him with Him. It's awesome. We're not just getting started, too. Look at us. I come at to understand that there was a place in the Spirit that I believe is the highest form of prayer. It's a silent prayer of the heart. That's the highest form of prayer. Because nobody can hear you but God. Oh! You do that to the Lord? I mean, you just have this quiet thing going with the Lord. You and Him are just having this conversation about the Spirit of God. It's kind of like talked last night about dreaming with God. Oh! See, we don't even know the imaginations of our heart with the Lord and His heart with us. Combining together and all of a sudden this, things are being blossomed and, and blooming right around us. The silent prayer of the heart. It's a prayer of silence. <laughs> it's, it's like meditation is what it is. Thinking upon God. Period. It is so high that most Christians never get there. Why? Because they don't get over the demand of the mind. Some of us in this room, we can't shut that mind up long enough to have a quiet place with the Lord. The day, the husband, the wife, the cat, the dog, the bills, whatever, we don't let it get out of the way long enough to just... I'm here with you, Lord. Just all my mind is cleansed. Sometimes a little soft music. Sometimes the loudest screaming music. It doesn't really matter. Hallelujah. It's whatever you want to do, whatever you can do, whatever you have to do. Just in that place, just sit back or close your eyes or just be there standing, be on your knees, be on your face, however, and just 
think upon the Lord. Now all of a sudden it's like he just takes over. You see things, you feel things, you understand things that you never understood before. People fail to learn how to, to silence the busyness of their mind and emotion so that they can enter into true communion and fellowship with the Lord through quietness. It's such a communication with the Lord. It's like a, a, a you can't even imagine. This is something that almost is unteachable. I can only give you the information that's happened with me so that you can try to do it yourself because your way might be different than mine. It's however you can get so still and quiet before the Lord. You might need total silence. Hallelujah. And I've come to find out through some studies because I've studied a lot on history concerning great men and women of God in the past year. And I've come to find out that a lot of those great men and women of God found the quiet place and that was a place they were empowered by the Holy Spirit in a greater dimension. Imagine if the whole church could take hold of what I'm talking about right now. Some of you knew me a year ago. And if you haven't seen change in me, you need to look again because I know there's change in me. I can't even I, I can't even fathom. I put a whole tape in the other day. And I didn't. I was like, that don't even make sense. I mean, it was okay, but I mean, I was like, God, you're just wonderful. I mean, it was okay, but I'm just saying there was this. I saw my own growth. Hallelujah. About a year ago, I put a 1992 tape in. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Okay. In the church today, we don't understand listening prayer. We don't understand soaking and waiting. There is an art of practicing the presence of God and exercising our spiritual senses. There is an art to it, really. Sometimes we don't give time. Hallelujah. We can put God on a clock. You got 15 minutes, God. My show's going to be on. Come. We wonder why it didn't show up. Hallelujah. We need to learn how to enter into the rest of God as well. We don't know what it means to be still and know. To be still and know that God is gone. We don't know what it means to wait on the Lord. And during these months of learning to soak, I had very real encounters with the person, Jesus Christ. I can't explain them, for the most part. I mean, I explained a couple this last year, like the pillow fight with the Lord. I wouldn't believe it if I didn't experience it. But there's other things that I've experienced I can't explain. I don't know what happened. 
How many have ever felt like you went for a ride with the Lord? I had a time I felt like he picked me up in his car and we went for a ride. We came to this city. And he was showing me what he was taking. What he was changing. And I felt myself riding in the car. I felt like I was in the softest seats of my life. Must have been a good car. <laughs> Praise God. But things like this, I can't even understand what happened. How many have ever had experience? You don't know what happened. Some of us, we have experiences. We don't want to tell anybody because we're going to think they're, they're going to think I'm a freak. And then when somebody says they have an encounter with somebody or, you know, God or an angel or something, we're like, there's no way. And I, I don't care if you have an encounter with the Lord or an encounter with the angel. You're going to be telling people. An angel shows up at your house. I don't care how crazy you think everybody else is. You will have to tell somebody. You don't want to believe this. Hallelujah. Angel showed up to my door last night, knocked on it, told me I better get ready. I don't know what that means, but he, he told me. I heard a little old lady one time, and I, I say little old lady because she told me she's a little old lady. <laughs> She says, honey, I'm a little old lady, but I just want you to know you released something about opening our eye gates. Back when, about the seer anointing. She said, I went back to my church and I saw an angel on one side of the pastor and a demon on the other. And I saw him playing with the demon during his preaching. I told the pastor afterwards and he says, honey... You need to stop, you know, telling people these things because it sounds a little crazy. And she says, I'm not the one that's saying that you're preaching false things. God is. See, God even gave her interpretation of what he was doing. He says, the Holy Spirit's real and you just told everybody he's not. We didn't understand. We got a big God. We go, oh, hallelujah. Let's go on. I'm going to switch gears here in a moment. How about right now? Hallelujah. And we're going to go ahead and talk about something that I really want you to understand a little more. And that's medication. Or medication. <laughs> medication is not okay. Hallelujah. No, I meant to say meditation is okay. Hallelujah. Let me first share a thought about Christian tradition. The words meditate and meditation are in the book of Psalms and in other parts of the Bible as well. And it's in there and it's clear that it's in there. It's not under any other translation, you know, it's or different translation only. It's, it's in there and it's guaranteed in there. And meditation has been a practice of the Jews, Christians for thousands of years and even it predates all the mystic New Age religions. It was before anything that they were doing. So do not be afraid of meditation. Just because it's used by other religions, it's an important tool to help us increase in wisdom and revelation. Most of the revelation I get is through quietness. 
Hallelujah. This is one thing God showed me a long while back. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. When God's trying to put something in you, you got to shut up. You're trying to release rivers out, and he's trying to put rivers in. But sometimes we got to just receive. Kind of like that one sermon when I said, everybody open your mouth, tilt back, and drink. Because the word says, come unto me and drink. Some of us started feeling pretty messed up that night under the power of God. Hallelujah. That's kind of waiting and soaking in the presence of the Lord. The Western Christian tradition of meditation involves thinking about or using the imagination around a verse or passage of Scripture. This is different from the Indian tradition because I want to get you all to understand this, of meditation, which is silencing the thoughts. See, we're thinking upon something to do with God. They're trying to get their mind clear to open themselves up to something that's not of God. In Christian tradition, there is a place of silencing the thoughts and emotions to a degree, but it is called contemplation rather than meditation. Trying to get all our thoughts of everything else clear so that we can think on God. This is one of the unfortunate twists of, of, of a lot of somatics that's been going on that caused the confusion when discussing the spirituality of the East and the West. There's like a real confusion of this, of, of things that's going on. You know, certain ones have to pray a certain position every day. They meditate and they never open their mouth. They just, mm, and whatever, and all these different things. And I want you to know that we get so caught up as a church. I don't want to be like that. I can't be like that, so I'm not going to do that. So guess what? The revelation and the wisdom that the church is supposed to have is pretty weak overall. I don't know about you, but the last 10 years of the church that I've been around, pretty weak. Myself is included, remember. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember when I used to prepare a sermon, I'd seek God with everything I have, and I was like, all I need is one nugget, God. One little thing that just really, <clears throat> praise God. Hallelujah. And then God's got us to a place sometimes, may not be tonight, but there's places that there's like one nugget after another nugget after another nugget after another nugget because we don't want to limit God to just one little thing. He's got mass revelation and knowledge he's wanting to release. God made it clear to me one day how powerful he was. I just want to share this real quick. At the end of some months, waiting and basking and bathing and merit, just marinating in his presence, just being in his presence. And when I say being, I mean I got like 13 E's in there. Being in his presence. I had, I had a visitation of the Lord. One day, I've shared this one other time, maybe twice. I was in the bedroom. I was just worshiping the Lord. I went after him with everything I had, and I felt his presence coming. And it was coming hard. I could feel it. It was like almost terrifying. I could feel electricity in the air. Literal electricity. I bet if I would put a light bulb in my mouth, it would have lit up type of thing. I mean, it was almost scary type of electricity was in the room. And I, I ended up, I fell back on the bed. 
Hallelujah. And at this time, it was probably 8.30 already. You know, I'd only been with the Lord for about 30 minutes, soaking in his presence. Music's blasting, going crazy. And I'm, I, the clock's down on the floor. I'm laying on the bed, and I'm, and I'm just in this presence of unmovable presence. And all of a sudden, it's like I wanted to play in electricity. And I would move my arms, and I could, I could actually, I heard a hum going, mm, in the room like this has only happened like four times since. But this was so awesome. The presence of God was so intense and I could hear this electric hum. And I just wanted, I had to do something. I couldn't hardly move, but I was like, God, let me move, let me move. And I'd move my arms and I'd go, Whoa. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was the most awesome time of my life. Hallelujah, I'd try to get up, not thinking about the electricity, and I'd hear this. I was like. <laughs> it was so intense for so long. And finally, it felt like hours and hours and hours. Remember, I was supposed to pick up Donna at 1130. You don't miss your wife at lunch. Never. Bit of wisdom. Especially when you are the one picking her up. So I'm laying there, and I know hours had gone by. If I move, it's going to make the mmm. And I can't turn my head. And the clock's on the floor. Finally, I, I kind of try to, you know, on the bed, get to the edge. I look at the corner of my eye, and it looked like it said 1120. I was like, oh, Jesus. Ten minutes, and you can't hardly move. You're going to have to drive across Springfield traffic. Lord, help me. That was a day when she got in the car. My ears were on fire. My neck was red when she got in the car. And she was like, lay hands on me. I didn't have nobody to lay hands on. I was laying hands on pets. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God by the end of it. Hallelujah. But so I finally, I get up. And whenever I got up, it's like as soon as I got up in the set up position, it went, oh, it went away. I was like, wow. I mean, I was still scared. Kind of like, man. And so I go and I pick her up. And she, as soon as she gets to the car, she goes, why are you so red? My neck was red. My ears were red. As most of you know, when I first was flown in the anointing for many years, my neck and ears would fire up. They still might. I don't know. I ain't looked at myself while I preached in a long time. But they would fire up real beat red. It was the anointing. And I want you to know that that experience made it clear of how powerful my God was and how his presence was. And that I found something that I didn't even know existed. See, most of the church doesn't know ex this exists, I don't believe. You might have had dimensions of it because of things. Some people fall into it by accident. You know, they're tired, and so they just put on some music. They're really getting ready for the Lord. Don't even know it. But there's others that really go after God with all their heart, and they get it on purpose because they've been seeking God so hard, they're getting put in a demand on His presence. I want to talk a little bit about soaking and marinating. How many want to marinate? Hallelujah. I'm going to try to get through this as fast as I can. 
Turn to Acts 1 5, if you will. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to share with you some thoughts that the Lord gave me about soaking and what it means to soak. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. I love the Lord. I love the way He gives revelation. I love what He shows me. Hallelujah. It's just so good. Hallelujah. And we've seen nothing yet. With the revelation that God's doing now, we have seen nothing yet. But Acts 1.5 says this. You shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. I want us to just do that. That's all I want. Why? Because here's the explanation of that. Here's what God spoke to me. Believe it or not, <laughs> there's an aspect of baptism that has to do with dill pickles. Has to do with dill pickles. Thank you, Jesus, for dill pickles. Oh, Jesus. There's a word, baptize, as it appears in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. And it's translated in the Greek word, baptizo, which is derived from the verb, bapto, meaning to be dipped. Hallelujah. How many think of the Holy Spirit about dipping? Oh, Jesus. And it contains the ideas of dipping repeatedly, immersing, submerging, as in a sinking ship, and washing oneself, bathing, and also overwhelming. Oh, Jesus. We don't have a revelation of Holy Spirit yet. But we're getting ready to get one. And this is the King James... New Testament Greek lexicon that, that gives us this information. Also, there's a, a, a somebody that his name was Nicander, N-I-C-A-N-D-E-R, and he's a Greek poet that I ran across by accident. Thank you for accidents. He's a poet and physician who lived around 200 B.C., and he was credited to, to, uh, with leaving a recipe for pickles, and it contained the same Greek word that was used for baptism in his recipe. He wrote and explains a lot about baptism. Here's what he says. The vegetable, a cucumber perhaps, should first be dipped, which he put bapto. Just like the actual Greek definition. Into boiling water and then immersed. And his word for immersed was baptizo. In a solution of vinegar. There's two steps in the process. The so two verbs separately call for the plunging of the vegetables into the liquid. But first is a temporary step. And the second produces the permanent the permanent change. The permanent change. I can't hardly talk up here. It's <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're getting ready to knock me out, aren't you? <laughs> Baptism that causes the vegetable to come out of a pickle. Now understand that there is something supernatural that took place in his understanding because he was saying things that he didn't even, shouldn't have been saying. 
We can uh, therefore legitimately refer to being baptized as being pickled. How many would like to see a conference advertised? Pickled service. Could you imagine the church being excited about that? Pickled. Come and get pickled. They think we're freaks now. Wait till they hear me talking about pickled tonight. <laughs> now let's consider marinating as done in a... <laughs> oh, God. Let's consider marinating that's done to a nice, juicy steak. The steak is so much improved when it's marinated. Hallelujah. Now, there's some places you go, you get ribs or something, and, and the sauce is just sitting on top. Like it doesn't even recognize the meat. They cook the meat before, and they just set this pile of sauce on top, and it doesn't even recognize it. It's like, who are you? What are you doing on top of me? Then there's other places. They've been soaking and soaking and soaking and cooked into. Now, that's where the ribs come out. Wow. Thank God we're not having ribs tonight, right? But for a few hours in the sauce, it becomes tender and juicy. There's a similarity between marinating and soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's learn how to marinate in the Holy Ghost sauce. I got that from another minister. One night he was preaching and I was in the conference or in the revival and he goes, One day I found that I could marinate in the Holy Ghost sauce. I like that Holy Ghost sauce. I don't know about you, but I like Holy Ghost sauce. It's unlike some of that stuff we can't even pronounce. The one with the W. Washington. Hallelujah. I didn't want to name the name of the thing, so let's go on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That means to be in the presence with no thoughts of self. Resting in His glory and letting Him pickle us up. God's pickling takes time. Maybe even weeks. Maybe even months. <laughs> but I guarantee you, stay in there and just let Him pickle you up and it don't last, have to last a whole lifetime. Godly pickling takes time. We may have to soak for a long time before we're really tender. <laughs> tender hearted. Some of us, we need to be soaking a lot. <laughs> I used to hate people. That's a bad thing for a minister. <laughs> you want me to minister to these? I don't even like them. You want me to minister to people? I don't even like people. He had to soak me up a little bit. Another uh, connection 
is with wine. It improves by staying a long time in a cellar. I don't drink wine, nor do I encourage it. I'm just saying it's supposed to be better the older it gets because of the marination, the setting. These word pictures may help you understand the meaning and the biblical encouragement of baptism or baptismo. Hallelujah. The very baptism of God's Holy Spirit. The Word of God is really saying, come and be dunked into my river of my presence again and again and again and again. Boy, I wish I could have a baptism service tonight. Hallelujah. If it rained enough, i got a puddle outside somewhere. Hallelujah. I want to immerse you, submerge you, and overwhelm you in my presence, saith the Lord. I invite you to stay with me until you're so changed that nobody recognizes you when you come out. How many know the very appearance of the meat when it comes out? Doesn't even look the same. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God wants to pickle all of us. <laughs> he wants to pickle you. Some of you got to go back to your church. I don't know about that guy. He's talking about pickling and wine cellars and... I'm talking about something that we all have to say is true from the word of the Lord. It's a revelation. I'm eternally glad that God pickled me. When I soaked in his presence for months, I came out so saturated with the Holy Spirit that his power so that his power was so that I was no longer the man that I used to be, I was changed radically. Pickling transformed me. I went in, in a cucumber and came out of dill. <laughs> I went in a cucumber and came out of dill. I don't like cucumbers, but I'll eat a dill. <laughs> I know there's no cucumbers in this place. We're, we're about done here. Let's go on. I want to spend just a moment talking about one of the most magnificent things that I've, I've learned in the Lord, and that's Selah. I was actually going to do a sermon on this in the days ahead, but right now God wants me to share it concerning soaking in His presence. The word Selah is in the Word of God, and here is something else that the Lord taught me. First of all, Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. The word still means idle, quiet, and alone. In the verse, in the verse, the word, uh, in this verse, the word know takes several phrases to explain the full meaning. To be still and know that I'm God. Come to know by experience, number one. Perceive, number two. Find, number three. Four, whatever I am at. See is another one. 
To be made known is another one. To become known. To be revealed. And to cause to know. We got to understand God to a new mention, our new place. And understand the new dimension. This is Him. Be still and know that I'm God. Perceive, find me, see me, recognize who I am. The psalmist David was a master of the Selah. He knew the quiet place. He knew the secret place. He knew things. There was revelation that came out of him that is still dramatic, drastic today. That word indicates a rest. Hallelujah. Every time in David's psalms you see Selah, you can understand that he went into a silence of the heart and the mind. Then revelation could come and he, he would write some more when the revelation would come after that secret, quiet place, Selah. The next step after that was whenever after that quiet time with the Lord, revelation that came, that's whenever he began to write again. See, we don't understand something was happening with that Selah. Oh, I just got hit with a ton of bricks. Hallelujah. That word indicates a rest. Then revelation would come, and he would write some more. I think he used it as a means of divine listening. In the same way, I came to understand the anointing of God, the power of God, and His miracles. I gained a comprehension by lying in His presence, being still and being quiet. I received a greater revelation of who He is, and I, as I meditated on His words, be still and know, be still and know that I am God. We're about done. Hang on. Hopefully, we got time. Was that twelve minutes? Three minutes. Oh, Jesus. In stillness, God said to me, I release you the revelation of who I am. And I cause you to know. I cause you to see and reveal myself in the stillness. Now God's speaking one thing. He wants you to begin to try it. He wants you to begin to know it. He wants you to begin to find it. I learned to soak. I learned to get into His presence. And I was waiting with my mind and thoughts totally set on the Lord. I was waiting with music playing in the background. All my attention was on Jesus. If my mind began to wander, I pulled it back. said, no, you ain't going anywhere. I'm going to find God today. I've got to soak. I have to. I've got to be juicy. I've got to be pickled. I've got to have everything. That I need right now today. Even though I did it yesterday, day before, day before, day before. I have to do it again today. Very rarely do I have a prayer that we pray together. At the end of part one before we have part two. But God had me do this for a specific reason for the people that are here tonight. So before I'm going to pray a prayer. Then I want us to pray a prayer together. So first I'm going to pray. Father I thank you for men and women hearing this teaching. 
who are hungry for your manifested presence. And I ask you, God, to motivate those who are not hungry. Give them a holy, desperate hunger for you. Pray this prayer. Lord, we want you to catch all of us and fill us with your glory. We want the heavy, intense presence of you to saturate us. Father, right now, I'm asking for the anointing that I call soaking. I ask that you would bring upon every one of us a heavy weight of glory. Enable us to bask, bathe, marinate, pickle, soak, and drink in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to have fun next week. Hallelujah. How many have got something from this tonight? Hallelujah. Some of you need to think about this over and over and over again. Some of you need to begin to picture yourself intensively going after the Lord and not accept it. If it doesn't happen, don't accept no for an answer. You might have to go different directions to find it. You seek me, you will find me. Remember the scriptures. The scriptures are there to encourage us. Knock and it shall be open. Seek, you shall find. Come on, we got to understand the scriptures are there. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Hallelujah. Do you receive it? So Lord, we thank you again. I just give you all the praise of the Lord. Tonight, I thank you, Lord, that you were given revelation knowledge of who you are and who you want to be in us. And Lord, tonight, I know there's people here they need breakthrough. They need understanding to greater revelation. And Lord, I ask that you begin to speak to us tonight, revelatory in every way. Lord, that tonight, whenever we get into that quiet place personally, there's going to be secret place. There's going to be quiet place. There's going to be things that's going to happen. There's going to be things that's going to happen so much that we're going to have our own revelation. We're going to be coming here, and, and, and whenever I release a revelation, they're going to be like, yeah, I just got that. The richness of the word is going to come alive through all of us. And I give you praise and glory for part one of this because you're not finished. You're just getting started. God, you said you were going deep. We thank you for the deep. The deep calleth unto deep. In Jesus' name. And I don't take you for granted. I thank you for being here with us tonight. Yes. Yes. And I recognize you. And I say thank you for coming. Most of all, God, I'm glad that you're here. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about part two of soaking in the presence of God. And, and this is something that is just such a, a near and dear place in my heart because it's what changed me. I was a minister who ministered, prophesied the word of the Lord. People even got healed in, in services. And I taught and, and did a lot of training and different things. And I never knew God to the way that I needed to know him. And that's the, the thing is, a lot of ministers in this day that we're living in, they have done their job so long. 
that they're not intimate with God anymore. And I was so aware of this dying in myself that I had to press in for God. I was so aware that I could preach the gospel, I could lay hands on somebody, they would get healed. I could prophesy the word of the Lord, but I didn't know God to the extent that I needed to know Him. So I began to go after Him, not taking no for an answer. I began to be so desperate, I even screamed at God, I need you, I have to have you. I was out to offend Him to get Him. And this was probably... 11 and a half, 12 months ago when it began. And over a 10-month period, I spent time with the Lord daily going after Him in some way, shape, or form, just pressing into the Lord, especially on Monday through Friday and in preparation for the services on the weekend. And I just pressed into the Lord for hours, just crying out for His presence. And then I spent time soaking in that presence. And I got to learn in that time and going after God that I would press into the presence, get the presence of the Lord in the room, and then I would just soak. And a lot of us, we get so full in our head that we're still trying to do things when we need to just sit and just be still and know that He is God. And in that soaking, revelation came. In that setting in His presence, things begin to happen. I begin to see things, feel things, know Him in an intimate way that I never had known Him before. It changed my life. The fruit of our ministry has rapidly changed in this past many months. Thank you, Jesus. We went from, and this is God and how awesome He is. There was times we might get, God might uh, heal two or three through our ministry within a year's time of something for sure. And then hundreds were getting healed through the word of knowledge because of this intimacy that I went after. And praise God, it hasn't all been great. This soaking comes with a price. Persecution is a major part of the price. God spoke to me this past couple of weeks. He said, your biggest problem hasn't been the devil, it's been the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the church has a problem with stuff showing up that sparkles. They have a problem with gems showing up. But I want you to know, I don't have a problem with what God wants to do. In the beginning, we did have a problem. We got upset. We got offended and then as we were trying to figure out what was going on around here the whole place started to sparkle and then all of a sudden one day we're like can this be God and through a bunch of different things that happened finally we said okay if it's God we receive it whatever you want to do God do it have your way and boy did we open up a can of thing that I never saw before you just accept what God's going to do and look out. Hallelujah. But what I want to get this in your heart now is being in God's presence and being quiet before the Lord. It's the most powerful, most awesome thing that you can do. Out of most of the history that I've studied of great men of God and women of God, 
I found that they became great because of soaking in God's presence for hours. Not always praying. Not always crying out to God. Not always studying the Word. But a lot of times just sitting in the presence that was prepared in the room. And thinking on God. And it was hard for me to understand how to do that. How many know God has to break us a little bit sometimes? I'm a, I'm a guy who has to do something a lot. So for me to just sit still and know that he's God, boy, that was hard. It's like I could be doing something. I got to do something. I got to pray for a sermon. I got to type. I got I to gotta listen. I got I to gotta watch something. I got to do something. I, gotta, I can't just sit here. And finally, when I realized that there was a secret to sitting still and knowing that he's God. God says the soaking in my presence, this is God's word, soaking in my presence is where generals are made. Because they find keys to the heart of God that many ministers, many leaders don't find. It's not about your achievement, your works. It's about getting in tune with the Father. Getting in tune with the Son. Getting in tune with the Spirit of God. So last week we discovered and we discussed several aspects. We discussed several aspects concerning soaking, quietness, listening, and waiting, and even meditating and marinating. How many remember the marination last Saturday night? How many have ever been pickled in God's presence? How many have ever went in a cucumber and came out a dill? <laughs> Hallelujah. That was the illustration God had me find, and I tell you what, it is awesome. There is change in His presence. And when you soak and marinate, how many know it makes it better? Hallelujah. You ever go to the, some of those rib places and they put the sauce on after they've already cooked them and the sauce is sitting on top like it doesn't even recognize the meat? It's like, who are you? What am I doing on top? And then there's places that they soak it. Oh, I hope you're hungry. And they marinate it. They season it just right. They just put it in there and they just dip it and they just set it in there for hours and hours and hours. Then they pick that meat up. And we even got non-meat eaters here. And they pick that meat up and, hallelujah, it's going to make that full burger fit, taste better later. And just pick that meat up and put it on that grill and the flames get excited when they see it oh. <laughs> but there's an, an, a richness that comes upon it because of the soaking and the same thing goes for God if we would just be still and let God's presence soak us up man when we come out we, we got a whole new flavor got a whole new taste about us 
And it's holy and it's glorious and it's awesome. And this week we're going to examine why God leads us into the wilderness. The desert place. And how his purposes there are intended for our greater good. Boy, Jesus. As well, we're going to look at a few ways that we can prepare ourselves to be in the right position for soaking in God's presence. So let's look at this. Here's the first thing God said. I get the introduction typed out, and I'm sitting there getting ready to get started in the sermon a little bit. Here's the first thing. He goes, hey! <laughs> Hallelujah. In God funny. And he, he starts telling me about washing a vehicle. I'm like, I'm preparing a sermon on soaking, and you want me to wash my vehicle? And he's talking to me about soaking, and I'm, 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 and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey!" Interrupts everything going on, and he says, "Listen, I got frustrated with God. It's like I'm preparing a sermon here. Excuse me." <laughs> and here's what he said: We all have to wash our cars, not him, of course. <laughs> we all have to wash the vehicle, and once in a while. We just have to do a hand job. We got to go in for the, the, the big sponge or the big, the mitt. I, I hate those things. Hallelujah. And and there's usually a hunt for the bucket. God's awesome. Grabbing the the holes and then then checking it to be sure that that old dry sponge is left in the bucket from the time before. Isn't that usually where it's at? Hallelujah. And then it's time to fill the bucket with water, but suddenly we're distracted. We get all caught up in what we're doing, and the bucket's overflowing, and the sponge is bouncing on top, full of water. Hallelujah. We squeeze the sponge out, and water runs out, and then away we go washing and scrubbing with that old, dried-up sponge. Today, I want to begin today's teaching emphasizing the sponge and the water. Because sometimes we're like that old dry sponge. Before we, can, we come into contact with the fountain and the source of the living water. Where that old dried, pretty looking sponge looks like it should be thrown away. And all of a sudden that fresh water hits that sponge and it comes alive. Let's look at a couple scriptures to get this thing going. That's right. Hallelujah. It's going to be some olds tonight. Hallelujah. Isaiah 58. Just remember, God said there was a permanent river here now. Permanent river of God's glory. Glory! But let's look at Isaiah 58, 11. You ought to hear these sayings on the CD and tape when you're listening to the sermon later. It's awesome. Preaching up a storm and all of a sudden somebody goes, oh! It's not normal, but it's awesome. Hallelujah. I, I, I mean, normal sermons, that is. We're in stereo tonight. Hallelujah. Okay. Isaiah 58, 11. Let's look at this scripture. This ought to help them out. And the Lord shall guide thee 
continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Now that they're happy, let's go to John chapter 4. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 4, verse 14. I'll try to talk over the screaming. We're soaking. John chapter 4, verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, there's a spring in you that's about to burst. You want to soak because you need to soak. You need to get saturated. A little dip, 15 minutes ain't going to do it. You got to go for the whole barrel. Hallelujah. We, we, we need like a 40-gallon barrel just to get dipped in. Oh. Hallelujah. I'm ready to go now. Hallelujah. When the fountain of the living water touches us, and it can come suddenly like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we won't look the same anymore. That old dry sponge is transformed. And when the pressures of life put the squeeze on us, God's words and His ways will actually spill out of us like rivers of living water. The pressures of life squeeze the water out of us. And guess what? We got to dunk ourselves right back into that bucket for some more. I'm going to just look at this scripture, John chapter 7, verse 38. For I came down from heaven. Wait, that ain't right. That's John chapter 6. John chapter 7, verse 8. Go you up unto the feast. I go not up yet unto this feast. For my time is not yet full. That's the wrong one. 38. Let's look at this. Hallelujah. I'm being led by the Spirit, and I'm being uh, uh, led by the, the notes, and the notes are wrong. You should listen to the Spirit. Okay, let's look at it. He that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. 38 says that out of his belly, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. If you're an old dry sponge, there's no living water in you. Religious and traditions gotten us away from the soaking in His presence. We get away from being in God's presence so much that we're that old dry sponge and there's nothing to pour out. There's a lot of dry coming out right now. Dry word, dry teachings, dry prophecies because they're not going to the well anymore. We got to get back to the well. We got to get back to the deep of the deep. We've got to get deep into the word. We've got to get deep into the Spirit of God and we've got to have a saturation.
With the right attitude, being dry can be a driving force that will propel us to bear down and really seek God. When you're dry and you're thirsty, no one's going to stop you from getting to that refrigerator or sink. But when it gets to the things of God, we're like, man, I'm dry, I'm thirsty. Maybe I'll watch some cable. Maybe I'll watch some TV. Maybe I'll skip church this week. I really don't need it. And then we're drier, more thirsty. We get so tuned to that dryness that we don't think we need it anymore because our flesh is overtook with the Spirit. And then we get to a dry place. We are in a dry and thirsty land. And the only way they're going to get saturated is if we, the church, saturate. If we get saturated and hit God's presence, then the church will be the ones to fill this dry and thirsty land. The outpouring of God's presence, His friendship and protection, His forgiveness and His cleansing power, it's all there. In fact, the dry times turn out so often to be the best times. They really do. Dry times are the best times. Why? Because you always remember the saturation that brings you back. Don't you love it? How many have ever been dry? Everybody should raise their hand for one time or another. And then once you get saturated, you're like, I don't want to go back there. But we do go back. Most of the body of Christ, in some way or another, we get comfortable. We get slack. We think we can do it. Hallelujah. We all do. Even ministers, we get to a place. I prepare three, four sermons, five sermons a week. You know, I'm always having to study the Word of God. I don't have to study it anymore. That's a lazy attitude. i got to saturate just as much as you. Or more. I want you to know that we got to get to the deep of the deep. And the only way we're going to get there is to, to stop getting so full of ourselves and try to be filled with Him. Hallelujah. It's not about our own attitudes and whatever what is going on in our own our own kingdom it's about pressing in for more of him so i want to talk a little bit i like cooling off in here i want to talk a little bit about what else is good about being dry well i can't talk about soaking without the dry time hallelujah and some of you are dry some of you are so dry, and even in your own life, you're dry right now. And even those that come here, you know that you're dry, but you want to be saturated, but you want it on your terms. Well, be dry then, because guess what? God saturates us on His terms, and it's usually the most uncomfortable. We drive a lot sometimes to get the saturation. We spend times, hours, away from those that we love. We go after everything. It's a sacrifice. If you want to stay dry, you will stay dry. Some of people in this room that's come every week, almost every week over this last year, they've changed just by being in God's presence. How much more could we have change in our lives if we saturate on our own 
home, in our home car, wherever we are, we just saturate in God's presence. Just pour it over me, God. Hallelujah. So much I could share. I mean, we ain't got time for everything that God wants to pour out. Let's go on. I shared last week with you about my journey of being so desperate and hungry for God and how I began to be transformed by the soaking of His presence. I was so hungry and desperate for more. I knew there was more. I didn't know it by anyone around me, but I knew it. I knew there was more. How many have ever been there? You know there's more. And it's like, there's no reason sometimes we, we still know there's more. We're like, I'm hungry, I'm desperate, I'm thirsty. I want more. Where is it? And there's nobody I could talk to at that time, so I'm like, God, I want more. I want you now. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. I need you. Remember, it didn't happen. Then the next night, the next morning, come, Holy Spirit. Please come. Nothing. Next day, Holy Spirit, please come. And I'm pressing in all day and going after him, trying to find a secret. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, please come. I need you. I want you. If I've done something to offend you, take it out of me. Whatever. I don't, I don't want to be this way anymore. I would rather have quit the ministry, full-time ministry, and everything about me, stop prophesying, stop laying hands on people at that time of my life if I didn't get something fresh. And all of a sudden, one day, whenever I asked the Holy Spirit to come, bam, He was there. And it was like a rushing wind. And it changed my life forever. Now understand, there's a lot of aspects last week I talked about to get me to that place. But we ain't got time to be in all that tonight. Now we examined several, several conditions of the heart, such as hunger, thirst, and desperation. See, we've got to have hunger. We've got to have thirst. We've got to have desperation. Now, all of these attitudes go hand in hand with softening our hearts to the point that we really long for God above all else. I've got to have God. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me God might call me up and have me do something in the middle of my television program? Yeah, are, are you desperate or not? Hallelujah. You know, there's some people, they spend more energy getting ready for the Super Bowl than they do with their time with the Lord over an entire year. Ouch. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at Psalms chapter 63. I want to look at David because he models for us just how holy desperation and devotion will give us an important key for breakthroughs and to be released in our lives. I believe there is a holy desperation that we can have even in the midst of everything going wrong. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But in Psalms chapter 63, verse 1. Hallelujah. I have quite a bit that I want to share tonight, and I'm going to do my best to do it. Worst case scenario, we'll finish next week. Exactly. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. 
Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Now here David expressed the longings of his heart. It's longings. Hallelujah. He knows the loving kindness of the Lord and he has a longing in his heart for the Lord. And we need to understand something. As a matter of fact, this is something that is just fact. When he wrote this psalm, he was in the wilderness. Running for his life from King Saul. And he's saying, early will I seek you. My soul thirsteth for you. You're all I think about. You're all that I want, God. Every part of you, that's what I want. I don't care if I might die. You're first. I don't care if this one's out to kill me. You're first in my life. We don't want to miss this. When David said in Hebrews 13, 15, here's one translation, said it this way. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and with and fatness and my mouth shall be or shall praise you with joyful lips. Now, he was actually making a prophetic decree. This is what I'm going to do. I decree it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to decree it. Hallelujah. Wake up, soul. Come on. Get with it. Why are you so disquieted? Wake up. Praise the Lord. That's what you're here for. I don't care if everybody hates you. It's not about you. It's about God. If you're right with the Lord, that's all that matters. This declaration held the key for breakthroughs being released to him. Breakthroughs that would deliver him from the dry land. Hallelujah. Here's a key. He offered the sacrifice of praise. No matter what was happening. His attitude was, I love when the Lord does this. He like tells a little story of their attitude. It's awesome. Here's his attitude. I'm in a dry and thirsty land filled with hardship and persecution. Saul is trying to take my life. There's no water. There's no refreshing. God, it feels like you're a million miles away. I'm in a valley. But I'm going to seek you. I'm going to bless and praise you. I'm going to lift up my hands in your name anyway because I know that's the key that's the key to breakthrough that's the key to finding you that's the key for going deeper and I will be filled I will be satisfied and I can say I'll be satisfied because I know that if I seek you and praise you even when it's dry you will fill me But do you know the sad thing is? There's Christians that press through like this. They get breakthrough. They get the provision. They get the awesome things that they've been pressing in for. And then they step back. We got to keep this in the valley. We got to keep this in the wilderness. We got to keep this in the river. All the time. You know, you can be dry in the midst of a river. 
because you're not pressing in yourself. See, sooner or later, some of you, you're blessed because you come. You press in with us, and you are blessed with that river, that saturation. But sooner or later, we've got to press in for ourselves. Individually, all of us have to go after it ourselves. It's not like candy store. You come, I'm going to give me some candy. It's like I'm going to come, I'm going to learn what's going on in the spirit realm. And I'm going to see if what I'm feeling at home is lining up with what I'm feeling here. And if it's not balanced out, I, I, it doesn't matter if you feel more or we feel less. It doesn't matter if we feel more and you feel less. It's about pressing in, saying, I got to keep pressing in. I want to go plug in and get some more of that. But at the same time, I got to press in for my own tapping of the river. Many believers are dry, finding themselves in the wilderness. To those who are in the situation, it may look like a never-ending desert. And God says deserts are good too. You know, part of desert, dry land, wilderness is boot camp. Boy, God was handing out boot camps. That's one reason you ought to be glad you weren't here. Hallelujah. You know, you give words about boot camp and everybody's like, oh, oh, hallelujah. Boot camps can be good. Just ask Verna. She's having a blast. If you can come up higher and dare to offer God the sacrifice of praise, your desert experience will begin to be transformed. The faster you press into God in the midst of your own boot camp, the faster you're going to get through it. Soak. Go after Him. Get what you need. Get the revelatory anointing upon your life. And guess what? Boot camp will go like that. David didn't stay in the wilderness forever, neither did he. He didn't stay in the wilderness forever, and neither will you. In fact, the journey into his destiny, his God-ordained race, kept on advancing. Kept on advancing. Kept on getting better. Kept on getting more. And guess what? He got exactly what God had promised him. Hebrews 12.1. I'm just going to read it. This is part B of 12.1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God is faithful and he will see you through, but he ain't going to carry everybody. Now he might carry you over a little patch but sooner or later he's going to cause you to walk and to run and I tell you what some of you are about to be launched into running God is bringing the deserts to the end the wilderness dry places are going to change look at the words the Lord spoke uh, to the prophet uh, Isaiah let's go there Isaiah 41 Hallelujah. You know, God is going to move in America. It's just a matter of when. 
to the degree of when he's going to move. I'm talking about to the aspect that not just in this little room. I'm talking about that transformed cities, entire hospitals being healed. I'm talking about miracles in the streets. I'm talking about, you know, headline news coming and saying this is God. It has to be God. Too many people are getting healed. Too many people are getting set free. And that's some of the things that God's actually promised was going to happen through this move that God says he's doing. But let's look at this. Isaiah 41, verse 17 and 18. The poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, <laughs> will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. And dry land springs of water. Oh, Jesus. God has a change he wants to bring. Some of us, if we only received that scripture, right in the midst of our grumbling, we'd just come right into a pool. I know there's no grumblers here in the midst of a desert. God, get me out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> God, I'm faithful to you all the time. I just go, why you just leave me here? You know, a lot of times prophetically, God tells me things that I hear by the Spirit that you've done. So I do the same exact thing to try to stir it up. Nobody loves me and everybody just leaves me out here in the desert. They're all enjoying the river. You turn from your tears to look mad. They're all in the river and look at them. They're all enjoying it and I'm just sitting over here and they don't even know I'm here. I ought to just go home. Don't you love God? <laughs> Thank God we didn't go home. And then God, after a season of you finally realizing it's a temporary thing and things are getting ready to change, you press in just a little bit. You say, okay, I'm going to, I'll suck it up. I'll press in. I ain't going to like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then about three, four days later, all of a sudden you're in the pool with them and you're like, well, that wasn't so bad. And three months later, <laughs> wilderness, and here you go again. Well, just leave me in here again. Isn't that true? Some of you got to understand, you've been in the wilderness and the desert and all these different valleys, and every time you go through it, you have the same attitude. You know how hard it is to throw a worship CD in when you're in the midst of the desert? The wilderness, the valley, and just get into the God, just go after God's presence and not take no for an answer. That's the key to get out. See, that's what happened to me. About a year ago, that's what happened in my life. I was so, I had to be desperate. I had to come out of my comfort zone and just say, me and you are going to get together. And that's all there is about it. It wasn't that easy. <laughs> it 
It's like talking to a brass ceiling. He probably just looked down at me and laughed. You ain't even got the guts. But I kept pressing in for him. He kept going after it. Not taking no for an answer. He gave me a little presence. And then I'll be like, yeah. And I'm just continuing to war. Then all of a sudden the presence leaves. It's like, you show up and I'm still worshiping, praising you. And then you leave? Nothing's better than worshiping the Lord with everything you have. Praying out everything you got in you. And the presence comes and leaves. And you're still going. What happened? I prayed myself right out of the presence. That's what I did. He's like, soak, sit, wait. And you're still flapping your jaws. Isn't that right? You say, now has anybody seen a change in me in this past year? Hallelujah. It's been a glorious change in me. Because God had to do something. I had to be desperate and radical going after him. And whenever I did, I found him. And it changed my life. And that's why I'm teaching you this today. Because I want to see you have a life change. Not be satisfied. Don't be satisfied. I don't care if you get a dribble of God's presence. There's more. Just as dry times are often the best times, so too is the desert wilderness times. Look what God's uh, <laughs> word says in Psalms 107. Hallelujah. Verse 35. We've already looked at this script or scripture that speaks similar, but this is awesome too. Some of you need to see this. That's why I'm going to wait for you. Psalms 107, 35. So we're going to look at what else is good about being in the desert. Psalms 107, 35 says, He turns the wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. Who is he? Oh, God's the one doing the work. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know, God even said to me one time, he said, I change your desert, your wilderness into a spring of water. And you still were whining. So I didn't even tell you it was changed. So he let me throw a fit in a spring in a place that had already changed. In other words, it changed in the spirit realm already. And I was still so caught up in my own flesh that I struggled. But let's go on. So let's look at what else is good about being in the desert. <laughs> Don't you love it? Do you know what the desert is? The desert is the place of prayer and a quiet place. You say, why? The desert speaks in the secret place. Let's look at that. Psalms. I'm going to speed up a little bit, so some of you, if you're looking at Scripture, you need to go quickly, too. Hallelujah. Psalms 91. I have a long way to go. A short time to get there. Come on. Hallelujah. there yet? Psalms 91. 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You can't walk in the power of God without the desert. You can't walk without the desert. Let me say this. But before I discuss this farther, here's what I want you to note. That with the statement that I made last week of coming to embrace God, pressing into His heart of love, 
and allowing him to bring conviction of sin so that we can be cleansed and forgiven. That's all part of it. It's not just going in after him. You're opening yourself up to the supernatural operating table. He's going to come in and he's going to check you out. And he's going to pluck out everything. If you're asking to be in the presence of the Almighty God, He is going to bring everything to the surface. See, some people don't realize. They soak in God's presence, then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, i got to get rid of this. Do you want me to stop doing that? My goodness, you're rough. You're pressing into God. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be the best thing that's going to happen to you. But at the same time, when you press in, you've got to get rid of things that separate you from Him so that you can keep going again and again and again and again. Hallelujah. And I went on to say last week that then we're on our way of becoming a pure, spotless bride. You know, the true church is the bride of Christ. The bride must go into the wilderness for what? Refining. Which involves conviction of sin, forgiveness, and also cleansing. Hallelujah. Such a purification is part of the answer to our question. What else is good about being in the desert? You're getting, getting cleaned up. Hallelujah. Took that old bucket sponge and washed yourself a little bit. Hallelujah. There's more though. Scripture is song of songs. Hallelujah. The song of songs, 8 verse 5. Chapter 8 verse 5. Here's what this scripture says. Who is the coming up from the wilderness leaning upon her beloved? Now, who is this? That's us. Wholehearted lovers of God who believe in Jesus Christ and is going after Him with everything we have. Coming up from the wilderness. Hallelujah. It's a good place. And listen, there is an appointed time that we come up from the wilderness. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a birthday either. But it could be, you never know. I don't. And having said that, the way we go into the wilderness and the way we. Oh, God, you're awesome. Let me say this the way He just dropped it in me. I want to say exactly. He just dropped something in me. This blew me away, so I want to blow you away with what God's just said. The way we go into the wilderness. And the way we come up from the wilderness are two different things. We go into the wilderness to receive, to learn, to get some things that we need, to saturate, to be in that place, to go after Him. But let's look at Luke.
chapter 4. Hallelujah. The good part is we got to see the whole picture real quick. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Luke chapter 4, verse 1 says this. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led into this, into, he was. into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region roundabout. See, they go into the wilderness to receive, to get, to, to be saturated, to be, just uh, go through the seasoning and just being prepared. And then when you come out, you come out in power. You come out in full power of God's presence and power all across the world. Jesus went into the desert be filled with the Holy Spirit. But after he came up from that place, he was in the power of that very spirit he was filled with. God wants us to know that the way we go into the wilderness or the desert isn't the way that we're going to come up and come out. He intends for us to come out with an increase of his spirit. Hallelujah. With the right attitude, we will come out from the wilderness changed for the better with power and glory did you realize that when Jesus came up from the desert place in the power of the spirit that it was the set time to choose his disciples he went in and came out and he was already set to choose those that he was going to lead it's how fast do you want to go fast forward this thing? How fast do you want to accomplish this thing? He came out with power. And then he began to choose the disciples. Oh, wilderness was a good place. It was a good place. I believe that when we are changed individually and corporately, the bride of Christ is coming up from the desert and we will be very good position in a very good position to make important choices and decisions because that's what it was he was making important choices and decisions that was going to change all this world when he came up and he was picking those disciples it was changing the world he was doing important decisions See, sometimes we're trying to make important decisions down in the valley, in the wilderness, in the, in the desert place. Wait till you're full of the Holy Spirit. You come out of that. You're all saturated up. That's when you need to make some decisions. Oh, that's the stock I need to bet on. That's, that's the stock I need to put my money on. Hallelujah. Oh, that's what I need to invest in. But they're in the beginning stages. Oh, that's what I need to be doing. I need to appoint this person in this position. Oh, I'm supposed to quit my job and bury him? Okay. <laughs> that's my birthday present to you. Okay. And there's more. Almost right after Jesus chose his disciples, he went to a wedding in Cana. Think about that. One of the first things Jesus did after enduring his extremely intense time in the desert 
and then making history by choosing disciples, he celebrated at a wedding. And God says it was pivotal. He said, listen to this. Do you know what the wedding or what was at this wedding? God says, wine. Lots of wine. The best wine. And even joy. The wedding was a party, a feast, a celebration. Jesus in all his glory dancing and celebrating with all the wedding guests. It was total jubilee and celebration. I'm convinced that when <laughs> he came out from the wilderness with the increase of the Spirit upon him, and when we come out of the wilderness with the increase of the Spirit upon us, one of the first places that God wants to bring us to actually <laughs> is actually our own heart, filled with revelation and his goodness also. He wants to, us to overflow with joy as symbolized by the wedding celebration. He wants to be overflowing upon you with joy, celebration, and freedom and power. How many know it's almost crazy joy when you get set free? It is. It's almost crazy joy when you get set free of something. I believe that where the wedding celebration was happening, I believe there was a demonstration of God's glory in that wedding. You ought to read some of the details. Look at it. Some people try to say, well, it's the wine. And I don't believe that. I believe it was the glory presence of God was at that wedding. we got to go on. God says there's going to be days of the days ahead that we're going to have weddings that's going to have signs and wonders show up that's going to be glorious. Also, we're going to have funerals. There's going to be signs and wonders, and it's going to be glorious. We already did have signs show up at a funeral just recently. Showed up during the funeral. I was preaching. But the signs I'm talking about aren't just gold dust. But I'm talking about raising the dead. Let's go on. There is a God purpose in our desert experience that's meant for our good. In the dry desert times, we'll learn to give God the sacrifice of praise. And we'll be purified and transformed as well as being in a very good position to make all important decisions that we need to make. But last and not least, God will bring us to a place in our hearts of joy and celebration where His glory is. One awesome thing happened when I was pressing in for the God during that time. One of the most awesome things happened in my life. When I showed up to that room at that time that I always showed up to press into the Lord around 8 o'clock in the morning. When I showed up to press into the Lord, He was waiting. It got to a place I didn't have to say, please come. 
I opened the door, took one step in the room, and right in my face, a presence hit me. There's times now I go in the office because I've done it so much and I go after God so much in so many different ways that I reach down to turn on the computer to play a little music. As soon as I hit that power button and the power comes on that, I feel the power come on me. Because it's gotten to be, he knows what I'm there for. My next point is God is waiting for you. Jesus taught the multitudes and his disciples in his famous Sermon in the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, he said this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Our hunger shall be satisfied. God is waiting for us to come into his presence and spend time with him, to be with him, just for him. Don't get in that presence and say, God, this is what I need. This is what I want. Don't forget this. Just get in there for him. I'm here for you, God. That's it. I don't, I don't want anything else. I just want you. Because that's what he's waiting for. Us to be so desperate. Just for him. It takes the Holy Ghost discipline to shut out everything that pulls us away from God in the secret place. It really takes discipline. I got to shut it all down. I got to shut everything out. Are you willing to shut it out? Do you know what happens to a lot of pastors, leaders, and evangelists? I like this because this is something we need to hear. A lot of you are called to leadership. You need to listen to this. They start out soaking. They start out with passion. They start out with being so in love with Jesus, so lovesick, that from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, it's Jesus. Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. I got to talk about Jesus. I got to be in Jesus. I got to be all about Jesus. And the presence of the Lord is fresh on them, and they've got the edge. The word of the Lord falls on their life. Then people take notice on their new fame and their new flame. And the phone starts ringing. And they get so busy that with that mindset of give, 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 minister, 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 that all the stuff starts happening all over the place. But we need to stay at the feet of the Lord. Even when the phone's ringing off the hook. I don't care how big you get. I don't care how many miracles happen in your life. If you get away from this soaking... Every minister who wants to become everything that God's called him to be needs to go through soaking, going after God's presence, and staying in God's presence. Because there is something about sitting at the Lord's feet and listening. You know, I used to do that with my own natural dad. I would go to his house. I only had visitation times. Because when I was one years old, one year old, my mom and him separated. My favorite spot was, I would go into the living room. He was an alcoholic, and he took his beer and always put it in the sink. When I showed up, it didn't matter how many he had, how many he needed, how many he wanted. He quit drinking every time I showed up. I remember that, and I would sit at his feet. 
and just say, talk, t- talk to me, Dad. That's the biggest memory I have of my dad who passed away when I was six. So now when I do it to my Heavenly Father, when I do it to the Lord Jesus Christ, I go to Him and I, I say just, here I am. Talk to me. I need you. I'm desperate. I want you. I don't want anything else. I'm not here about the things you can give me. I'm not here about the things you can do for me. I'm just here for you. I just want to hear what you have to say. And that is soaking in his presence. Because my mind will run, run all over. Because he's taken it. Showing me things by the Spirit of God. He's showing me things in the Word. It's just coming on me. I don't look it up then. He's just showing me. I just sit there. And then all of a sudden, things happen. And I always get worried in, in the midst of soaking. I'm not going to remember all this. This is too much. I'll never get it all down. You're overwhelming me. i got to write things down. I always forget. And then I just say, no, no, I just want you. Yeah, just keep talking to me. And then when it comes time, either through the preaching or through the making the sermon, everything he tells me, setting at his feet, comes out. Everything. Everything that he tells me, somehow or another, pops out. It's like I don't remember it till boom, it's there. Because he's deposited it in me. And he wants to do that with you. I hear God speaking to us softly tonight. And he's saying, be still. Be still and know that I'm God. What happens when we're still? We come to the revelation of knowing and knowing that God is God. In fact, the very word know in this verse means perceive. It means to know by revelation. The same kind of revelation inspired when Simon Peter realized who Jesus really was. He perceived he had revelation of who Jesus was. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I got a couple pages. We okay? Hallelujah. How much time we got back there? 18? Hallelujah. We're going to go for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just being still and sitting in God's presence is saying, not even saying anything. All of a sudden we understand, we perceive, and all the questions we have in our heart are being answered. Because our Father's given everything we want. We don't have to ask for it. He's just given it to us because we're in that place that He wants us to be. See, in this world, if we want to raise and we go into the boss and we set it at His feet, guess what? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he will probably kick you right out the office. Hallelujah. What are you doing here? Hallelujah. Well, I didn't want to ask you for a raise because you always say no, so I just thought I'd sit at your feet see what happens. But when we go to the Lord, we sit at his feet. We sit under our own Father's feet. We just sit there and say, God, I'm just being still, and I know that you're God. 
Remember, David knew the Lord so well that he had a revelation of God's loving kindness. Let's look at this scripture. This is probably the last one I have you turn to. Isaiah. Chapter 30. Verse 15. Isaiah 30, 15. Soaking in God's presence. That's what we're talking about. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And you would not. Isaiah shares God's message about being in the place of quietness. There's a confidence and strength that we can only get from being quiet. Some of us were like, I can't hear God's voice like he can. I can't hear God's voice like she can. I can't. I just can't. One big key I can give us all right now. Shut up and listen. It's like we go seek the Lord. And it's like, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I want to talk to you. Whatever. Come on. And it's like, bless me. Do this for me. Provide this for me. Do separate this. Come on. Do something. Open the heavens. It's like, shut up. I love you. But shut up so I can talk to you. And tell you the sweet things that I want to tell you. To give you the wisdom that you need. That you only can get by shutting up a little bit. Remember, I was ready to quit because I was dry. There is a place to receive. In the gospel, I like, I, I like this. Now this is in his gospel account, Luke the physician wrote that Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, in Luke chapter 10, verse 39, I just want to read this. He, she seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. And remember, the sister's getting all upset. What are you doing? Why don't you, you need to get up and do something. It's like, no, I don't need to do anything. I need to just sit here and be at the Lord's feet. See, we get so caught up, i got to do something, and that's whenever God wants you to stop doing it. Now, there needs to be prayer. There needs to be study. There needs to be preparation of other things. But the biggest thing you need is to be quiet when the presence comes. Enjoy. She positioned herself at the place of receiving and surrender. She just sat there quietly looking at his face and listening. How are you positioning yourself in prayer right now? Because that's where I want God to bring us all. To position ourselves in God's presence. Oh, how the Father longs for the fellowship. That we would walk humbly with Him. That's what He wants us to do. Soaking is like basking. <laughs> Soaking is like basking and bathing. It's about being in the right position for intimacy with God.
Tickle me, God. Saturate me. Now, some of you say, I don't know about this business. Has it worked the other way? Are you going to the nations, doing miracles, signs, and wonders? Hallelujah. Are you raising people from the dead, casting out devils all the time? Are you walking in the power? Is there anyone walking in power to the degree that you would really say, the works that I do shall you do also in greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father which is in heaven? Is anyone right now really walking in this right now to the degree that we know Jesus did? Then there's got to be a secret. There's got to be a key. And the biggest key that I know right now is I've got a radical change in my life thus far. And I know that God's getting ready to climb. He's getting ready to accelerate. He's given us words about all the equipment piled up of, of crutches and wheelchairs and, and oxygen machines and all these different things just piled up because people aren't going to need them anymore. So many people are getting healed and set free. Hallelujah. Testimony just recently of this woman. She was on workman's comp, had bad back problems and all kinds of things. She couldn't even bend over and touch her ankle. And when she left here, first weekend she'd ever been here, she's out on the porch saying, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get an MRI because I can do this. And she's, she's touching her toes. And she's doing it because she's under the power of God. He healed her and set her free. She came here in the beginning and she's real quiet. Real soft. God began to speak a word to her. Notice I couldn't really touch my toes without bending my knees. But anyway, hallelujah. God needs to heal me too. No, I did some roofing today, so back off. Uh, but anyway, hallelujah. So here she is. She's in the service. God begins to speak a word to her. She's sitting in that chair. All of a sudden, she's getting excited. And God begins to speak to things concerning her body. And no one knew. She knew I didn't know. And all of a sudden, she got up and raised her hands, praising the Lord. The next day, she was worshiping the Lord. A woman on workman's comp, worshiping the Lord like this. Supposed to have a bad back and bad knees. Come on. God did something. And I want you to know that God's doing something with you tonight. He's saying, come on, it's time to soak. It's time to soak. And no matter how much happens in your life, whether it's this or not, it doesn't matter. It's not about the signs of anything. It's about the, what it's mostly about is the presence. It's about knowing him. It's about knowing Him. That's what it's about. It's about going to the secret place and being in that secret place, that quiet place before the Lord. The prayers are so vital around here because God gives us prayers that just mean something. So I want to invite you to close this teaching with a prayer. Hallelujah. Some of you need to come out and just say, yes, I want to do this now. So I want to invite you to join me with this prayer because if you're really hungry and desperate for his presence, you need to do it. Some of you need to repent. Somebody's in sexual sin in this room and you're asking God for presence. It's like asking, you know, for a million dollars right now. Hallelujah.
So let's look at this. Let's pray. Father, we are hungry and thirsty for your presence. Thank you for stirring up our hunger and passion for you. We want to submit ourselves to you. Lord, in the desert, places where the hidden matters our heart. Come to light for correction. We want to learn the lessons of the desert. We want to offer you the sacrifice of praise. We, want, we say we trust you. We are coming to know that where your presence is, so is your glory. God, we say that we want to come into a new level of understanding, respect, and all for your glory. Lord, when we come out of the wilderness, we want people to see the evidence that we have been with you. Your glory shining through us. Thank you, God, for helping us to go the distance so that we can come into the secret place of your presence and soak there. Oh, the promise of joy and celebration. And in this place, we want to bring great delight to your heart. How can we ever thank you for all the great benefits you have given us? It's all about you. Words are inadequate. Lord, but today we want to rest in the fact that you are receiving the message of our love and devotion to you. It's heart to heart. To Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, be the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. In God's sweet. He is such a good God. God, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory. I hope you receive this today. And I hope you don't just take it as words only. But I want you not to just be hearers of what I'm preaching. I want you to be doers. Because if I preach to you, I could preach a thousand times. But if you don't change and do something to kind of go into this. I preached before about the secret place. And some of you, you were there for a little bit and you kind of got tired and came out of it. <laughs> and today, I'm asking you to take this seriously. And just say, I, I will do it. And some of you, you're couples, and it's a lot easier to stay with it when you're couples. Why? You can cause each other to be accountable. Have you pressed in? Have you soaked today? Let's soak together. Sometimes it might be okay to soak apart, but they're soaking together too. Hallelujah. There's times I come in here and Donna's soaking all by herself. Hallelujah. There's times I'm soaking by myself. 
There's times we need to just get into the presence, go after the presence of God, and then when it comes, just sit. Husband and wife at daddy's feet. The sky is the limit whenever you do that. And I tell you what, if you want to be a history changer, if you want to be an anointed vessel of the Lord, then this is, I believe, the biggest key that I could give you in my life and every aspect of it. And it is birthed, this 11 and a half month revival that we're in right now, that I believe is going to be noted all over the world in the days ahead. Thank you, God, for changing my life, for saving my life. Because that's what he did. He saved me. Somebody made a comment today and said they feel born again again. That's what it's like. It's like, man, I didn't even know you. I've been introduced to the Lord over and over again. It's like the first time it's like, God, you know, I'm working for you. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I, I believe there's a relationship and intimacy. I need to seek you more and press in for you more. I still didn't know. Just reading the word and praying ain't enough. Because the soaking is where it's at. Praise God. In addition to the praying and reading the word. Because he'll tell you things at his feet to read. And when you do what he tells you, you know, I'm not using a concordance anymore at this time. Because he just says, I want you to turn to chapter 4 of John. Turn to this verse. And it lines up with exactly what he's wanting to tell me. But it's only because if I get away from the secret place, I expect that and he doesn't do it. Then I got to, okay, uh, what I do wrong look back at my life and I see okay I gotten away from you and it's not just for ministers it's for every born-again believer we'd be the spotless bride if we were changed hallelujah I'm just giving a little extra thing at the end there because God told me to hallelujah God is good hallelujah I'm gonna minister a little bit
Welcome to the end of this informative podcast. We hope you found it enjoyable and enlightening. With over 100 books under his belt, Bill Vincent is a true master of the written word. His works are a treasure trove of knowledge and inspiration, available at all major bookstores and online platforms. So, don't miss out on the opportunity to expand your mind and be entertained. Pick up a book by Bill Vincent today.